said, let's talk to somebody who knows a little bit more than we do, for sure. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. How are we doing this week, Dan? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys? We're doing better after uh, last week's Great. performance. I, uh, I'm i nice. curious what we were discussing just now. Uh, Mac, I, I know you've been pretty firm in your belief. Uh, we played a clip from you earlier this week that Mac can anticipate and he doesn't stink and all these things. Do you think they found something with their offense last week, personnel-wise? You know, Bourne's been playing a lot more. Pop Douglas saw yeah. an elevation in snaps. Less Juju, less Devontae Parker. Do you think they found something last week, or was that just a one-off in the NFL, which we see all the time? Well, I mean, it's definitely something that, listen, it's, it was better than it certainly has been over the past month. So found something, you've got to do it again to sit there and say, hey, this has got to be our primary receiving core or or, but it's the best the pass game has looked really probably in since the first two or three weeks of the season, unquestionably. So, you know, I think with the, the tight ends, you know, Bourne I've always thought was a good player. Asking him to be a number one is not fair. I've, I don't know a ton about Douglas. I've heard a lot of great things, and I know there was some moments in preseason and early on in, in watching him versus man coverage last week. Now Buffalo secondary has, you know, because of some of the injuries, has been beat up, but I definitely sit there and go, um, you know, all the things that people said Mac Jones wasn't and or couldn't do, he certainly did last week. And a big part of that is, okay, I, I have guys that I trust. I have guys that I know where are going to be. I have guys that I believe are going to go do something with it. And so I can play a little bit more anticipation-based and ball placement-based and throw guys to open spots. And then guys made some plays, certainly nothing down the field, but, you know, Douglas made some big plays over the middle of the field. Obviously, the tight ends did as well. So I hope that they found something for them. And also, the truth is they were just way more efficient on offense. It, it was, okay, if we wanted to run the ball on first down, they ran it and got three or four yards. And if they wanted to run it on second, they got the third and two. And so they were they were way more complementary and balanced and efficient on offense than they had been for a month. Dan, uh, Mac Jones had the quickest time to throw in the entire league in Week 7 at just under 2.2 seconds. Do you think that stat is more reflective of Mac, the offensive design, or how the offensive line played? Yeah, so it's it's all three, and that stat is always uh, so subjective and game-by-game based, you know, if, if you're going to play against the San Francisco 49ers and you have an average offensive line, you better be throwing the ball quickly. If you go to play against, you know, what, how the Los Angeles Chargers look right now, you don't have to throw the ball that quickly. So that stat is always one where you sit there and go, did the opponent necessitate how you decided to play offensively? Did the Bills? Uh, they blocked better. Uh, the Bills, so the Bills are, are, are very, I don't want to say simple, but the Bills defensively have always been zone-based, and they're tremendous at it, but only really when Milano's in there and obviously Ed Oliver in there. So they get the pass rush with zone eyes or play man and with Tredavious. So their defense is weakened without Ed Oliver, Tredavious White, and Matt Milano in there. So that was a little bit of, okay, we, we, we got the ball out when they played zone quickly because the middle of the field was a little bit more open. Man coverage, we separated a little bit quicker. And when you have man quarterbacks, you usually throw the ball quicker just because you know who you're going to more, more often than not before you get the ball. So it was the style of play. But that's, like, that's, who, that's who they want to be, though. Like that, That's who that offense wants to be. That's, 
that's who Mac Jones is as a player. One of the I remember coming out of school, I said Mac knows who he is and who he isn't. That's one of his strengths, and that he's a he's a get it out quick point guard ball distributor. That's that's when he's at his best. So if that's the Patriots at their best, is that enough to be more than sort of what it looks like they are this year? Um, again, I, I don't want to make the, last week was a very good sign that capable. Yes, we can. Now. You're going to play a different defense this weekend, a little bit more talented. I don't know if the corners are going to play for Miami, but I think that if you sit there and go, all right, there was way more play action that they used this past week. Those two receivers that you guys mentioned did things in their past game. No stupid throws, no you know, kind of like panic decisions with the ball. It came out on time, and they're efficient. Like If, if they can play to that style efficiency-wise – then they're they're capable. Yes, I don't think we're sitting here talking about a top ten, top twelve offense in the NFL, but they're capable, and that's significantly more than they were for those four weeks. What'd you make of? And we're talking to Dan Orlovsky of ESPN. He makes his weekly appearance here on Jones and Mega with Arcan on WEEI. What'd you make of the news that Bill Belichick has been extended, has a new deal with the Patriots, a lucrative new multi-year yeah. deal? What'd you make of that? Yeah, I, I guess I was a little bit surprised that it hadn't come out before. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I don't know if Schefter has reported on it, and maybe he has. Um, I just kind of rely on I, – I try not to get into much unless it's, unless it's coming from Shefty, uh, just because that's the guy that I personally know um, when he says something, all right, it's happening or end or happened. It's a teammate. Right I guess there. I was yeah. surprised. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was surprised that it just it didn't come out sooner. Um, you know, it's obviously because of the way the season has gone. That's become a bigger question of what's the future for Coach Belichick. You know, but um, I guess I, I was surprised it took took that long to come out if it's accurate. Well, so we we never really get much information, Schefter or anybody else. I, I, I think it was reported locally by Tom Curran. The last time we really had any info on his deal was yeah. Spygate in 08. So yeah. we don't we don't normally Schefter or anybody else don't normally get a lot of information on this. Yeah, and Tom's a stud. Like Tom is obviously as dialed in as anybody around there. So I would imagine if it was coming from Tom, it's it's probably pretty accurate. So yeah, I, I think it just surprised me that, if, you know, it took till what, mid-October for that to be reported. And even more so that because the noise has become so loud because of the performance of the team, you sit there and go, how, has it, how hasn't that become more public sooner? There was a point, and he talked about it today in his own personal relationship with the player, but there was a point in the game where Mac looked like he barked at uh, DeMario Pup Douglas a little bit, maybe for not being where he was supposed to be in the route. And it was mm-hmm. when the ball kind of slipped from Mac's hand. He hesitated on a throw and it dropped down right. um, and yep. got a little lucky there. But I, I'm wondering, do you as a quarterback feel like there is a, that's something that is fair to judge from the outside, the way that a quarterback communicates with his receivers particularly when they screw up on the field and maybe screw up the play yeah yeah so i'd say this just directly to max performance last week it was it was better i still don't like max feet 
Uh, I text Mac that almost every week. Like uh, your feet still like you, you, we gotta, he's got to get better at that. Even the game winning touchdown, he's falling away. So directly to the performance, I, again, I'm, I, I still believe Mac Jones. And, but that would be the one thing that just because you win, you can't avoid looking at uh, in relation to the question, Playing quarterback in the NFL is not fair. There's nothing about it that's fair. There's only 32 people on the planet that get to do it. Playing quarterback in New England after Tom Brady certainly isn't either. So, um, you know, when you're you're always and I think Mac is realizing this maybe just a little bit more is like you're always going to be judged, right, wrong, or indifferent, and everyone is always going to have an opinion. The only one that matters is the people in your locker room, and the people in your building, or matters the most. I I. I I've been around guys that got into it with receivers. It's a highly emotional, highly alpha male business in, in sports. Um, I think you try to be as non, like non publicly berating and belittling as possible while also being incredibly intense and demanding absolutely everything and the very best from your guys. And as long as you're a good teammate and you're a great leader your guys usually more often than not are going to buy into it. So that a lot of those situations um, are earned over the course of days and weeks, months and years of relationship and work. What, uh, without giving up any nuclear secrets, what's Mac like on text? Is he receptive to the, the feedback? Yeah, Mac's always, I've, I've always had a good relationship with Mac. Um, had the opportunity, I was obviously a big fan of his coming out of school. Had the opportunity to see him a couple of times this past off season. Um, he's, he's really receptive. Um, my experience with him has always been like, this dude really wants to be a really good player. And um, he, he, he wants to work at the things that he, he thinks he needs to work at, or maybe someone else thinks he needs to work at. So um, he, he's always been really receptive. Dan, uh, when the Patriots were 1-5 and five before that second win, there was a lot of talk about them potentially tanking. There's still some talk about that. Uh, you were on that 2011 Colts team, and so I wonder if you have some sort of uh, perspective inside the locker room, inside the organization of a team, which, first of all, I don't know if you characterize what you guys did that year as tanking, but a lot of other people have. What, what sort of is that locker room like? What's that setting like? Yeah, no one in the locker room or the coaching staff will ever tank. They're not wired to do it. Um, people in the front office can and can kind of have a plan and or support it, but the, the, the people that are doing the daily work and the competitors, it's just impossible. It, those those players, I mean, how many guys are in New England are actually going to be next there next year? You know the turnover that happens in the NFL for a ton of teams. So, Players never tank. When I was in the locker room, we we obviously were were aware as the season went on of, you know, kind of the conversation and there was question marks about Peyton and um, there was the whole suck for luck campaign. Right. But none of us were, you know, were thinking about losing, you know, to to try to secure a draft pick. Actually, it was the opposite. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I remember Mr. Ursay not wanting it because he didn't want Ofer attached to the Indianapolis Colts. So, uh, it was it was never something that became any part of the locker room conversation. Well, I also remember that year you carved up the Patriots yeah. and uh, cost me some money, Dan. So uh, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, I did uh, part of my take with the guys the other day, and they told me about some of the uh, spreads that I had secured for some people's pockets. So um, 
I'm sorry, I costed you money. But yeah, good for them. Like I might have made some other yeah, what was money. Six and one, I believe. I was just going to say, well, that, our, our producer, that's Ryan Garvin. He he relayed those numbers before. Six and one against the spread. Yeah, that's good. Impressive. Dan. That is good. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, that's what I, I, you know, people think my legacy is running out of the end zone, and I actually think it's being so good against the spread. <laughs> I, you know what? That is that is a, a nice uh, a nice sub headline. And peeing there. in pools. Still, yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. Right. Uh, he, is, he is Dan yeah. Orlovsky of ESPN. Uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week, Dan. Thanks for taking the time. Great, guys. Thanks. All right. Dan Orlovsky, as all our guests, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. I'm happy you said it that way. You know, we in the locker room weren't trying to tank. People hear this all the time. Like, oh, the players are trying to lose. No. But the front office can engineer it. And I'm happy he said it that way. I'm happy he acknowledged that second piece. Because, like, oh, we're not wired to lose. No, no, the players aren't. I get that. A front office can engineer it.